0: Greetings and welcome to episode three of the Casey Joe Conaway podcast. I call this episode Shaven Skin. This past Wednesday, I was the team member responsible for transporting our therapeutic miniature horse to a local elementary school. Our most popular miniature horse is a spunky mare named Stormy, who stands a whole 34 inches tall and is 180 pounds of care and compassion. Typically, Stormy is part of our Therapeutic Horsemanship Center's outreach to the community. She partners with us in visiting students at schools, residents at nursing homes, and patients in hospitals. Once Stormy has her sparkling pink build bear shoes on her hooves, she knows that she's working. Last week's visit was unique in that no students were present in the school building, and the teachers were the focus of Stormy's work. Stormy and her human equine specialist in mental health and learning were invited to provide a relaxation and deep breathing workshop to pandemic-fatigued public school teachers. The workshop went well and we received feedback that Stormy facilitated a welcomed release of stress and tension. However, it was prepping Stormy for the trip across town that put painful but needed sutures in my heart. Stormy does not reside on the campus of our horsemanship center. Safe space for miniature horses is a current issue, and we do have a plan in place to rectify this situation. But for now, Stormy lives at the home farm of one of our physical therapists named Nancy. On Wednesday, Nancy brought Stormy to the center, and I in turn took our beloved scaled-down equine on to the elementary school. It's been a long winter and I had not seen Stormy in a couple mo- in a couple of months and most notably not since her visit to the Ohio State University's veterinary clinic. Stormy had a bothersome tooth and received specialized dental care at Ohio State's facility. Stormy was an excellent patient but of course required IV sedation in order to tolerate her necessary dental work. When I saw Stormy on Wednesday, I immediately knelt down in the aisleway of our barn so that I would be eye-to-eye with her and so her muzzle could rest on my shoulder while I wrapped both of my arms around her neck. Stormy gives the best hugs. As I unwrapped my arms from Stormy's warm embrace, I gently allowed my hands to run down both sides of Stormy's neck and I appreciated her coat of soft and silky hair. However, when my right hand reached the middle of her neck, I discovered the remnants of my little friend's visit to the veterinary clinic. An area on her neck that was the width of equine hair clippers and the length of maybe two inches had been shaved in order for a vein to be accessed for her IV sedation. Stormy's coat is so thick and beautiful that this shaven area felt like a crater of unpleasant recollections for me. One stroke of shaven skin In an unexpected area, transported me back to East Africa. Within seconds, the aisleway of our barn was converted into the memory lane of my heart. The feel and texture of shaven skin is a universal reminder of the vulnerability of all creation, particularly mammals and humans. The tactile sensation, and awareness that the only thing that separates all of our insides from being exposed is three thin layers of dermal tissue is alarming to me. Travel down memory lane with me, if you will. When I lived in East Africa as a missionary, the Ministry of Health in Burundi mandated me to complete a three-month internship at a government hospital in downtown Buchambora. This experience was required in order for me to qualify for a nursing license as a foreigner. It was a compulsory experience in witnessing human suffering. During my pediatric rotation, I met three-year-old Jean Dedoux. A congenital heart defect prevented Jean Dedoux's body from obtaining the growth and stature of a typical three-year-old. This special toddler had captivating chocolate eyes that still glimmered in spite of his chronic dehydration and anemia. His tiny nose was dry and cracked by the adult-size oxygen tubing that he wore on his face. Oxygen canisters are difficult to come by in poor countries like Burundi, never mind sterile water and humidification adapters. When I would report for morning rounds each day, I would often enter Jean Dieu's room to find his mother mashing a mango with a fork and feeding her sweet boy. He didn't have the strength to chew a lot, so his mother would practically hand-puree fruit so that he could swallow without expending too much energy. If I close my eyes, I can still hear the screeching sound of his mother pressing a metal fork against a ceramic plate. In most developing countries, food, drink, and linens for hospitalized patients must be provided by family or friends. Jean de Dieu's mother brought her fork and plate from home because single-use items like disposable cutlery or paper plates do not exist in Burundi. It was common to see small charcoal stoves being used in the courtyards of the hospital before mealtimes and buckets of water and dirty dishes being cleaned after food was served. At any given time, trees and bushes on the hospital property would be dressed in bedsheets and clothes as they served as drying lines for caregivers who came and washed out their loved one's bedding and outfit. As Jean Dedue's condition declined each day, I probably reviewed his medical chart 10 times in an effort to try to figure out his exact problem and see if I could contribute to his care in any way. Malformation cardiac congenital. Those are the three words that I kept reading over and over again. No description of what kind of heart defect, nor a treatment plan was ever listed. I remember the sick feeling that washed over me when I realized that a specific cardiac diagnosis for a child like Jean Dedoux was not available in Burundi. To this day, no advanced imaging equipment nor practicing cardiac thoracic surgeons can be found in Burundi. While the lack of specific somewhat simplified Jean Dedue's diagnosis, it did not minimize the seriousness of his heart condition. Jean Du was born with a problem in his cardiac system that could not be fixed on Earth. Finally, his anemia warranted a blood transfusion, but the IV in his minute hand had collapsed and accessing other veins was proving to be impossible. The Burundian nurse that I was working with sat on Jean Dedue's bed and cradled him on her lap. Jean Dedue rested his weary head against her chest as she took a straight razor and ever so carefully shaved the side of his head just up from and behind his ear. He wailed during this process and sobbed the same phrase repeatedly. "Mamma, Mama! 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 His mother exited the room and cried every bit as hard as her baby. I followed her out of the room only to find her with her forehead pressed into the side of the concrete block wall that served as a hallway throughout the pediatric ward. A scalp vein was accessed for an IV infusion. How only, However, only half of the blood transfusion made its way into Jean Dedue's little body before his heart stopped. If any of us knew that Jean Dedue was in his last hours of life, we would have never shaved the side of his beautiful little head, nor would we have put him through the setup of a scalp vein infusion. I wish Jean de Du could have died with his full head of hair. The outline of his corpse looked so small, covered up with his family's flowered bedsheet. How does one reconcile the texture similarities of the shaven skin of a miniature horse and the shaven skin of a human child? The circumstances could not be more contrary one could make the case that animals in America have access to more technology and medical care than many humans throughout the world. How do we live with this? It is not wrong for Stormy to be well cared for. After all, she provides an amazing service to the community. And furthermore, technology and medical advancements do not guarantee every child a healthy future regardless of their country of origin. Life is so marvel- marvelously painful and wonderfully unjust. So how do we keep it together? We don't. We hand everything over to the one who Isaiah describes as having his beard plucked out. Can you imagine how the smooth patches in Jesus' beard might have felt? Jesus understands suffering and vulnerability. It is the tender empathy of Jesus that places delicate, delicate sutures in the wounds of my heart. Sometimes that suturing takes place in a barn. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. This is Casey signing off. Always remember, you are a good creation.